Welcome to Grace United Methodist Church Sermon Podcast. We are a group of people who are caring together and growing together. You can learn more about our church and its ministries at franklingrace.org. On this World Communion Sunday, it seems fitting to spend some time seeing things through the perspectives around our planet. Because our planet is very diverse and things look very different from one place to the next. Our focus on the next four weeks will be exploring a passage that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church, the people who were in Corinth, a Greek, a Greek city, a port city, interesting city. They were going through particular problems, as any church of that day, as any church of our day, as we continue to struggle what it means to be the church. In the second half of the letter, he provides an image as a way for them to understand who they are and this whole idea of living into the rule of God. It comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Today I will do verses 12 and 13. Next week I'll do a couple more verses. The week after that we'll add to it until we understand Paul's message in a new way. It reads, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews are Greeks, slaves are free. And we were all made to drink of one spirit, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. One body, many members. If you've been part of a church for even a short amount of time, you've probably heard that phrase at one time or another. We can acknowledge in our own independent bodies on an, maybe an atomic level or a cellular level or a tissue level or a whole systems level, we can look at our body and say, yeah, they're all different. Everything's in a different function, design, purpose, but it all works in the one body. And Paul's urging us to carry that into a bigger image that, you know, I look at my body and some, some things are, they're kind of weird. Thumbs are kind of weird looking, aren't they? I mean, if you really think about it, they're kind of strange, but it has a purpose. And in the wider church, we're all designed differently. We function differently, have different purposes. Some of us are kind of weird, but we're all part of one body. We all have a, a place. We're needed. And we know ourselves as the body Grace United Methodist Church, but there are many other United Methodist churches across our conference and jurisdiction, across our country and our world. All of them are different in their function and design and purpose, and yet we're all part of one body, the United Methodist Church. And the United Methodist Church is just one of a number of denominations and branches of our faith. Some of us look kind of strange from one group to the next. Amen? Amen. They think we look strange. But if we call Jesus Christ our Lord, then we're all part of this one body. Sometimes we forget. Sometimes we compare. Sometimes we assume that our own limitations, as we've come to see them, are also God's limitations. And so we judge and we slander and we disrespect if people don't look exactly like we do in the way that they do their faith. And sometimes the other parts of the body do that to us because we're strange to them. One thing I've learned in my life of ministry and study is that we can never exclusively define what the Holy Spirit will do or be in any given instance or situation. 
It's almost as if when we try to do that and box it in, that the Spirit says, I'm going to do something outside of that box just to get you to stop trying to make the box. The name of God means, I will be what I will be. Every culture and local tradition inspired by the Spirit who opens itself up to this faith is like a vessel. So if we imagine a cup or a jar or a pitcher, and they come in all sorts of shapes and sizes, but water will fill them up to the brim, no matter their shape or size. Amen? Amen. Air will fill them up. The Holy Spirit, God's holy breath, God's holy wind will fill any vessel it's offered. If it's a culture or tradition that looks very different than another one, it will still be filled. Diversity seems to be part of God's creation. Think on page one in the creation poem. The birds of the air are created of all the different kinds. They look different. They sound different. Some don't even fly. Then there are the fish of the sea. They look different. They're diverse, each of its own kind. Then lands created, vegetation, trees, plants, flowers. Is a dandelion or a weed or a flower? It depends on who you ask. It's a flower, by the way. But all these different plants are different, diverse. And then you get creeping, crawling things, and then you get the animals, and then you get us. And we are very different. Diverse seems to be the point. We have much to learn from one another. Much. We must learn from one another instead of fearing what it is we don't understand or what's uncomfortable or strange. Each difference allows us to see a deeper understanding of God. There are things you will show me that I would never see on my own because of your perspective, and I will come to know God all the more by learning from you. And that extends to every person on the planet. Each culture and people group, which Scripture has the word nation for the people groups, everyone that's encountered the rule of God and offered their own tradition and culture to be redefined and renewed has received that blessing. Each individual culture and tradition has been filled by the one same Spirit who has filled us and ours. While there is new life in Christ, it comes through a various and diverse expression across our globe. But it all comes to pre-existing cultures and traditions. Because all we can use is what we know. For instance, we have come to know this face. Warner Salmon's painting of Jesus. It's become as familiar as any face in our culture. If you go to a church and it doesn't have this painting, you might wonder, where is it? I know it's here. Probably multiple versions of it, yes? But you know Jesus didn't look like this, right? A Middle Eastern, first century Jewish man probably did not have flowing golden locks and blue eyes. But this image helped countless soldiers during World War II know of the presence of God with them as it was issued to them to keep on their person, on their body. Holy Spirit used it. There are all sorts of images of Jesus throughout the world, each one from a particular culture and tradition filled by the one same Spirit used to bring hope and presence. Each one sacred and important and worth understanding because we learn something from every one of these images if we just take the time. So to help us embrace this 
diverse body called the church, we will look at some unique aspects from the Christian faith around the world over the next few weeks, and we'll discover some, some joy in this incredible diversity. And also for fun, we have different coffees from around the world for the next few weekends, and you can read about the coffees at the coffee bar back there. Since we're gonna look at an Asian perspective today, we have an Asian coffee, please enjoy some after. And today, because it's World Communion Sunday, we're gonna look at the act of communion itself through a unique perspective from a fifth century Byzantine church located in Tabga, Israel. Has anyone been to Tabga? Oh, I've had someone in each, each of the other services. All right, I get to introduce you to Tabga. This is the Church of the Multiplication located in Tabga. It is from the traditional site where Jesus broke the loaves that fed the 5,000. I use the word traditional because there's historical and there's traditional. If you go to a, an historical site, that's actually where that thing happened. Traditional is, we don't know exactly where it happened, but we've chosen this spot to remember it. And so in this church, in this traditional spot, there is a mosaic floor that was installed a century after it was designated. And we're going to read from Matthew 14, and then I'll, I'll bring to you the lesson of this floor. It reads, Now when Jesus heard this, that is the death of John the Baptist, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to the disciples, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And Jesus said, bring them here to me. And then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish. He looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds and all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, 12 baskets full. And those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I don't know why they only counted the men. If they were Methodists, they would have counted the women twice. <laughs> if you stand in this church today, the church of multiplication that commemorates this miracle, the only miracle recorded in all four gospels, you can see the altar there that sits above the rock of consecration. Because when you have a holy site in Israel, you build a church on top of it. It's true, every site. So you can barely see the rock sticking out of the bottom there. If you look at the rock closely, you see an image on the floor right in front of it. 1,600 years ago, a particular Christian group on the other side of the planet worshipped and looked and practiced their faith, and this was a vital part of that practice. So what do you notice about the mosaic image? Remember the story? How many fish are in the image? Okay, makes sense. There were two fish in the story. How many loaves are in the image? How many loaves were in the story? Five. So where's the fifth loaf? Someone was cute last night and said it was underneath the other four. Someone was even cuter this morning and said, oh, they ate it. Where's the fifth loaf? 
This image built in the 5th century wasn't unearthed until 1930s. It had been covered up, but here it sits. Each week, the church that gathered around that altar, they took communion, and on the table was a loaf of bread, the fifth loaf, every single week. They followed the rhythm from the story, Jesus taking the bread, offering thanks and blessing it, breaking it, giving it to his disciples. Does this sound familiar? So the fifth loaf continues to be produced each week, continues to feed people who come to gather at the table who are hungry, and they are fed. They share of the one body symbolized in the one-fifth loaf. Today, people from around the globe in lots of different languages and places, they will share in the breaking of bread. It's not gonna, their bread's not going to look quite like ours, but ours is the fifth loaf nonetheless. We will share and we will bring our culture and tradition the way we understand it, and the Spirit will fill it, that we may be filled. We're offered a great lesson by the fifth loaf. We're offered a great reminder of the symbol of one body, many members, and it's time that we honor Christ's church worldwide, no matter how they differ in their understanding and practice, because we are still being fed by Jesus Christ. Amen? And Jesus, filled with compassion for us and all, comes to us in our tradition and culture that we may understand. To transform this meal in in our little world from something normal and meager to something sacred and powerful. And we are fed in order that we go and become a source of feeding for others by taking our lives, offering thanks to God, allowing our lives to be broken that we may give ourselves so that others can be fed through us. This is the key, because we often think that people need to practice things as we understand them, our culture and tradition. We want them to bend to our will, because that's all we know. But what if we went and discovered theirs and helped them understand how the Spirit would fill that? We are called to offer ourselves in faith, but to be broken, to this worldwide, beautiful, diverse place, this church of Christ. Jesus broke himself for us, and I thank God for that. Came to us where we are, fills us with that same Holy Spirit through the ongoing miracle that continues today. Our life together as a church is a part of this wide and diverse world in Christ. We are transformed from something normal and meager to something sacred and powerful May we embrace this reality today as we come to the table. May this miracle renew us again. May we thank God for coming and filling us in a way we can understand. May we thank God for filling our siblings in ways they can understand. And may we be hungry today, hungry to be filled by all the diverse expressions that exist in this world, that through them we may come to know the beauty, the depth, and the power of God in all new ways. So come hungry that we may be filled by the one body of Christ found in the many members across time and across space. May it be so. Amen.